Hello and happy day! Have you reminded yourself to slow down today? To reduce the noise? To listen? My name is Igor, SF Walker, and I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at The Danish Way of Parenting by Jessica Joel and Ivan Sandel. What the happiest people in the world know about raising confident, capable kids? Let's examine some of the tried and true methods that have been working for parents in Denmark for more than 40 years. There are many parenting styles, however, they all come down to one of these four groups. Authoritarian. These parents are demanding and not responsive. They want obedience and have high standards. Children of authoritarian parents tend to do well in school, but sometimes suffer from low self-esteem, depression, and poor social skills. Authoritative, not to be confused with authoritarian. These parents are demanding, but they're also responsive. They set high standards as well, but are supportive in their discipline. Children of the authoritative parents are rated more socially and intellectually competent than those of other parents. Number three, permissive. These parents are highly responsive, but seldom demand mature behavior from their child, depending instead on self-regulation from the child. Children of permissive parents tend to have problems in school and with their behavior in general. And finally, number four, uninvolved. These parents are neither responsive nor demanding, but not to the point of being neglected. Children of these parents do most poorly in all areas. Many parents are excessively competitive with themselves, with their children and with other parents without even realizing it. Stress levels are often high, we feel judged by others and by ourselves, and the language can be intense and challenging, putting people on the defensive. For example, Kim is just amazing at soccer. The coach says she is one of the best on the team, but she still manages straight A's despite soccer, karate, and swimming. I just don't know how she does it. What about Olivia? How is she doing? This is when we feel bad, because deep down we know there's a better way to get results from our kids, but we aren't sure what it is. Anyone who has kids is familiar with this feeling. Most of our default settings are inherited from our own parents. They're ingrained and programmed into us like a motherboard on a computer. They're the factory settings we return to when we are at our wits end and not thinking. They've been installed in us by our own upbringing. It is when we hear ourselves saying things we don't really want to be saying. That is why it is so important to look at your default settings, study them, and understand them. What do you like about how you act and react with your children? What don't you like? What are you doing that is just a repeat from your own upbringing? And what would you like to change? Only when you see what your natural inclination as a parent is, your default settings are, can you decide how you want to change them for the better. Parent. P for play. A for authenticity. R for reframing. E for empathy. 
N for no ultimatums and T for togetherness, parent. What if I told you that free play teaches children to be less anxious, it teaches them resilience, and resilience has been proven to be one of the most important factors in predicating success as an adult. The ability to bounce back, regulate emotions, and cope with stress is a key trait in a healthy functioning adult. Children fundamentally need space and trust to allow them to master things by themselves, to make and solve their own problems, which creates genuine self-esteem and self-reliance because it comes from the child's own internal cheerleader, not from someone else. Concept called proximal development, first introduced by Lev Vygotsky, a Russian developmental psychologist. This basically states that a child needs the right amount of space to learn and grow in the zones that are right for him and her with the right amount of help. Imagine that. If children feel too pressured, they can lose the joy in what they're doing, and this can lead to fear and anxiety. Instead, Danish parents try to meet their parents where they feel secure, trying a new skill, and then challenge and invite them to go further or try something new while it still feels exciting and strange. So the next time you see your children swinging from the branches, jumping off some rocks or play, playing fighting with their friends and you want to intervene to save them, remember, this is their way of learning how much stress they can endure. And when they're playing in a group with some difficult children and you want to protect them, remember, they are learning self-control and negotiation skills with all kinds of different personalities to keep the game alive. This is their way of testing their own abilities and developing adaptability skills in the process. Let your kids do the things by themselves. And when you feel the need to save them, step back, take a breath, and remember, they're learning some of the most important skills to take them through life. Did you know that contrary to popular beliefs, watching tragic or sad movies actually makes people happier to bring, by bringing attention to some of the more positive aspects of their own lives? It tends to make people reflect on their own relationships with gratitude and different perspective, leaving us enriched and more in touch with our own self-humanity. Self-deception is the worst kind of deception and it is a dangerous message to send to our kids they will learn to do the same. Self-deception is confusing because it makes us ignore our real feelings and can cause us to make choices based on external influences rather than our own authentic desires. Learning to act on intrinsic, intrinsic goals, such as improving relationships or hobbies you love, rather than extrinsic goals, such as buying a new car, is what is proven to create true well-being. Being too pressured or praised, children may learn to do things for external recognition rather than for internal satisfaction, which becomes a difficult setting for life. Focusing on the task rather than over the complimenting the child is a much more Danish approach. This helps to focus on the work involved, but it also teaches humility helping people children build on their feeling of being able to master a skill rather than already being a master 
provides a more solid foundation to stand on and to grow from. This promotes the inner strength and resilience. Root out self-deception. Be honest with yourself, first and foremost. Answer with honesty. If your kids ask questions, give them answers that are honest. Of course, your answer has to be age-appropriate and commensurate the level of understanding. Use examples from your own childhood. Teach honesty. Talk with your child about how important honesty is in your family. Make it a value. Let them know you put more emphasis on honesty than on punishment for bad behavior. Read stories that encompass all emotions. Read all kinds of stories to your children. Use process praise. Remember that the most meaningful and useful praise is always based on quality, not quantity. Keep the praise process on the process and effort children put in rather than on their own innate abilities. Don't use praise as default. Only be praiseworthy when a child completes a task quickly, easily, and perfectly. Well, that does not help embrace challenges. So focus on effort and keep it genuine. Teach children not to compare themselves with others. Highlight your unique and authentic perspective as well as your child's by saying, for me, you see, the way we view life and filter out day-to-day -day experiences affects the way we feel in general. Many of us are unaware that how we see things is an unconscious choice. We feel that our perception of life is the truth. It is our truth, but we don't think of our perception as a learned way of seeing things, often picked up from our parents and our culture. We see it just the way things are. This set way of the way things are is called a frame. And this frame through which we see the world is our perception. And what we perceive as the truth feels like the truth. What if we could see the truth in a new way? The more we can separate the behavior from the child, the more we can change how we see him or her, and thus how he or she sees self. This lets them know that they're okay and that the behavior is not their destiny. Labels, as we have seen time and time again, can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Number one, pay attention to your negativity. Number two, Practice reframing. Number three, use less limiting language. Try and eliminate the black and white limiting language. I hate this, I love that. I always, I never. I should, I shouldn't. I'm like this, she's like that, and so on. Number four, try externalization language. Separate the action from the person. Number five, rewrite your child's narrative to be more loving. Number six, use supportive language and number seven use humor if you have enjoyed this video please do like it share it with the world subscribe to my channel and you can find a direct link to this book in the description below get it and read thank you love and respect